the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I believe it gets better when you have breakfast. It's Saturday morning, right? Okay, did you have breakfast? <laughs> it does. It gets better when you have food. It will. Am I promoting that you, like, overeat? No. But did you eat breakfast? That's a good thing. That used to be a standard in America. Eat breakfast. It's the best part of the day. And there were so many commercials from Wheaties. Remember Wheaties? Yeah. I look for Wheaties. They exist. They do. You just got to look for them. But there were so many cereal commercials when I was growing up promoting breakfast. Have you noticed we don't see that much anymore? And I thought about all the industries from farmers. I watched this documentary that said farmers are about to be obsolete. And I was like, farmers? Obsolete? What? And I just, I, I was, I was just, I, I was taken aback. Have you been a farmer in your lifetime? Have you met any farmers? Do you know any farmers? Do you come from a farmer family? Let me know right here on what? Carrying the burden. Why? Because we care, one, about our farmers, the industry, and then moreover, what are we going to eat and drink? I thought about that, too. My uncle taught me most of the things that we pay for in the grocery store that are organic are the exact same things that came in on the truck. They stuck a label, put organic, and you just paid like 60% more because it's in its own little section. It reminds me of People saying, I have a car versus, I have a Mercedes. These days it would be a Tesla or whatever. You know, people name the car when it's important to them by the brand. Did you catch that? Uh Uh-huh. You have a Ford F-150. Okay, okay. Now I have a truck. You know, they have to go into the detail because why? One, they paid a lot of money for that truck, if they paid a lot. But moreover, it's the brand. It's the name. Hmm. Somebody's already ready to debate, to argue. Let's do it. You give me a shout out. What is that? Just email me, Lorraine Carroll at what? Oh, no. I thought it was connect at Lorraine Carroll. Right. That was a conversation I had with somebody. I said, you did it wrong. You put my name first. No, it's connect at LorraineCarroll.com. That's how you email me, folks. When you have these opinions, people write me and tell me, what they want me to know, what they feel, I'm like, great, yes, keep it coming. Why? Because it creates excitement around here, like breakfast. I'm back to breakfast. Did you have it? 1030 in the morning. Hey, that's when we come on here, right here every Saturday morning, carrying the burden. It's usually the only day people really eat breakfast. Why? Most people are, like, trying to get out of the house, get to work, get the kids off. Now, they'll feed the kids. Uh Uh-oh, watch that. They'll feed the kids. They'll feed the children, yeah. I'm, I'm not calling your kids goats. Yeah, you heard what I said. They'll feed their children. But there's a couple of things that happen when you eat breakfast. One, they say that you get more energized. They say your brain functions better. They say everything starts to move. You got sugar. I know the doctors are giving me all the scientific. I don't need all that part right now. 
I just need the common sense from the commercials. <laughs> That's what I grew up with. This is why you eat breakfast. Oh, yeah, and they come into the schools and they tell us why we needed to eat three meals a day. Isn't it funny how times have changed? Do they still do that? Let me know. Connect at LorraineCarroll.com. So one of the things that's important about breakfast, they used to say it's the first meal of the day. Well, (laughs) I happen to be up oftentimes way after midnight in the anti-meridian. And I have found that sometimes because of caregiving, I end up eating. I don't care if it's some snack apples. At 1 o'clock in the morning for various reasons. Why? Well, it's complicated, but let's simplify it. It depends on the need. And that is a mantra I came into. If I ended up doing caregiving work from, let's say, 4 p.m. all the way until the next day into the anti-meridian, and it's now 1.02 a.m., and I somehow managed to miss my dinner all because I had an emergency crisis situation for the person that I care for, my mom, Mm -hmm. and I didn't eat dinner, totally skipped it, didn't realize that I didn't eat the dinner because I was so overwhelmed with such an emergency. I look up at the clock, and then it hits me. (gasps) I didn't eat dinner. Isn't it amazing how when we're so preoccupied in life and with life, We don't take care of ourselves until when? Until our body starts to shut down. And that's when I got to get a bowl of cereal. Yeah, and then it hit me. Isn't it funny? It's 1 o'clock in the morning. You're eating cereal. I thought that was hilarious. But sometimes when you are in a panic, when you're in a crisis, when you're overwhelmed, oftentimes as Christians especially, even though we have a big fat Bible that says, Oh, Lord, and we have all these cries and lamentations from David to Jeremiah. We don't rely on those. We have our own. Have you listened to yourself lately cry out to the Lord? What have you said to the Lord lately in your disparity? Have you cried out your truth? I'm sick of this. I have. (laughs) Some of the things we can control and some of the things we cannot change. Did you hear those differences? Some things we can control. So then that means there's a scale that involves what we cannot control. There's a great prayer. It says, God, grant me the serenity. It's the opening of the prayer. To accept the things I cannot change. Oftentimes I have to go through my life in caregiving and say, I can't change that. I can't change that. Well, you're not having the faith, sister. Hey, 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 look here. Don't tell me what I'm not having. Are you living this life with me? I'm telling you, I can't change it. Did you hear what I said? I didn't say God cannot. The key is, with God, all things are possible. Not with me, Lorraine, all things are possible. I can hope, (laughs) but my hope is in the Lord. What about you today? Where is your hope? I explained to someone very simply, faith is the basis of what you hope for, It is the proof of what you can't see. So a lot of times what people end up doing is they preach faith, but they don't preach hope. So people don't get it. And they fail miserably because they lose hope. And I've always believed since I was 17 years old, if there's no hope, 
What's the point of faith? It made sense to me then, and it still makes sense to me now. So is it okay to lose hope? No, because then you can't even have faith. The Lord gave us these basic commands before he left the earth. They were really basic teachings. He said to do certain things. One was have faith. Okay, have it. (laughs) In other words, it's yours. Faith, he said have it. So why don't you have faith? I don't know. You let me know. Connect to LorraineCarroll.com. In the meantime, he also said to love. That one is tricky. We're going to come back to that in just a moment. He gave peace. He gave his peace. He, he would greet people with peace. That's why in other cultures, they say shalom. <laughs> it's a greeting. But for us Christians, it's always a reminder of what we already have. Hey, you know how we do that? Hey, hi. How about if we go around and we go, peace? We do peace out in American society. But is there anything wrong with peace in? I don't know. (laughs) Does it sound a little silly? It might. Why? Because we don't use peace properly. One, we don't use it in our own lives properly. We go to frantic. We go to panic. I call it the frantic panic. And then we go into anxiety. And then we call them attacks. I had an anxiety attack. Was it an attack? Or did you just not have proper defense? Uh Uh-oh. Hmm. Usually attacks will occur when there is no defense mechanism in place. Our defense, first of all, is the Lord. He's our protector. He is our shield. But he also gave us some strategies. Uh, It's called put on the whole armor of God. Yeah, most of us, we don't, and we won't do that. Why? I don't know, but we won't. I have a friend, he's almost 6'5", and I mean, he's a really athletic guy, but he can cower like a four-year-old spiritually, and he'll call me, and I'll say, hey, where is your faith, guy? Where's your faith? I've known him over 30 years, and he's been a believer all those years, but when times get really, really tough in his life, and he's a tough guy, he will cower like a four-year-old that had somebody throw something at them like slime. He he threw slime at me. Okay, it's okay. Right? And we coddle the little child and we want to make them feel better and and let them know it's okay. And we try to pacify them in their moment of despair. But were they really attacked or were they just not prepared? Or maybe the child just didn't know how to react. We get advance notice as Christians. Now, for the non-believers, you get the same access. It's a matter of faith. Will you believe by faith that the access is real? Try. Hope. Have some hope. Hope that it is. See if it works out. So instead of condemning, going straight into panic, going straight in, I had an anxiety attack. You've identified what you had. It may be true. I'm not going to discount your anxiety, but what I will do is counteract your anxiety with my faith. My faith says what? Hey, it's possible. Everything's possible. Anything is possible. We have all these mantras that talk about possibilities, right? So why can't you just have faith to believe? That's another one Jesus would tell the people. He especially told my People, my favorite people in the Bible, the disciples. Now, here's the thing. There were 12, but there were a bunch of others. And those other ones, they took him straight to the cross and said, kill him. 
<laughs> Wait, what? Yes. Remember, disciples were the followers of Jesus. And watch this. Sometimes people will follow you to just get what they need out of you. They'll stay close to you to get your advice. They'll stay close to you to get your money. They'll stay close to you to just feel better because they like the way you make them feel. Watch that. Yeah, get in your Bible and keep your mind holy and on the Lord. So when you get into the Bible, you'll find out that there's ways to protect yourself. Some people depend on medication. I respect your choice. But what about the people that don't have access? What are they supposed to do? Are they just supposed to sit there and die? Well, we have studies and proof that shows that that has happened. And so people get angry and they say, well, my sister lives in a country where they don't have access to A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Okay, but I live in America. I'm blessed and I'm fortunate. For the person that lives in a second world country, we oftentimes leave them out. We'll talk about the third world countries. Eh, but the second world countries, we'll just skip over them. And sometimes they don't have the access to things like the convenience of what I call the grandiosity of healthcare in America. We will argue and debate all day long over our healthcare systems in America. But there are other people that would love to have the access, (laughs) oh my goodness, the convenience to what we have, what we take for granted oftentimes. Now, what does that have to do with what Jesus said? Well, I told you, breakfast. Jesus said breakfast, no, but what he did say is feed. Now, I'm not talking about the kind of feed for the animals on the farm. Remember, I was talking about the farmer's. But I had the revelation, and then I had the epiphany for myself spiritually. Jesus told one guy in particularly, and if you know the Bible, you know where I'm heading. This guy, he was, uh, I, I, I say he had a little bit of this and a little bit of that as far as psychological disorders. I'm nobody's psychiatrist or psychologist by any means. However, I still think if he had sat down with someone, had some counseling by a professional, like a clinical psychologist, they may have been able to diagnose some of his symptoms. We only know some of his stories in the Bible. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, that guy. Peter. Mm Mm-hmm. He's the one. Guilty. Peter, guilty of what? (laughs) He has so many charges against him in the Bible. One of my favorites, though, they're not always bad charges. Peter, in my mind, he was a great guy. But he did have a bad attitude sometimes, (laughs) and he would fight. And uh, some people would like to even say Peter was the one that would curse you out. Yeah, that guy. So if you're like Peter, hey, there is hope for you. Peter had a lot of work to do. A lot of people don't realize that either. Jesus put a lot of pressure on Peter. Think about it. When you read within what they call the synoptic gospels, and then there's a John over there. We read that one too, the gospel according to John. And you read about Peter. Peter oftentimes was the defiant one, the bold one, the rambunctious one, the angry one, the hostile one. Is that you? Well, see, there's help for you. Because Peter was one of the disciples that the Lord Jesus Christ selected and said, yeah, stop all of that and follow me. There were other people that the Lord gave the opportunity to let go of what they were doing, stop what they were doing, let it all go like Peter did and follow Jesus like the rich young ruler. He couldn't do it. 
in my mind, he took a deep breath and said, yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not ready to give up all of this. Are you ready to give up all of that? All of what? All of what you have? Because it's a sacrifice to obey commands. <laughs> when you want to run the red light, because you can and you should, you're in a hurry. Those are all of your justifications, right? But you're supposed to stop at the red light. That's the rule. Those are the commands of the government. They're not options. (laughs) And you'll find out if you get the ticket that it wasn't an option. Regardless of your justification, this, this officer will tell you, the ones that I know anyway, that'll pull you over. Do you know why I stopped you? Of course I know why you stopped me. Now, I, Lorraine, I did not run a red light. But that's been the case for many people. And when you're held accountable, that's when you have to, as we say, fess up. We have to confess. We have to tell on ourselves. So Peter, oftentimes, he was the one that would fess up. Who do men say I am? Peter was the one that actually recognized from his own experience who Jesus, for Peter now, we're talking Peter was the one that spoke up. Peter was the one that said, yeah, you're the Christ. I recognize who you are. Yeah, you're the son of God. Yeah, I know who you are. I recognize you. I don't care what other people say. In other words, that was his testimony. What's your testimony personally today about how you see Jesus, his commands, what he thinks, what he thinks of you? Do you have a testimony? See, testimonies only come by way of experience. They don't bring people into a courtroom and tell them to testify if they weren't even on the scene. Oh, no, I wasn't there. Okay, um, are you, you're not a witness to what happened? No, I wasn't there. <laughs> okay, what are you doing here in the courtroom? Get out of here. You have to have an experience. You have to have witnessed something. And in this case, today, now what does this have to do with breakfast, Lorraine? Yeah, let's let's get to that. There was this incident, and I thought about it. It was really cool. It's in the Bible. It was after Jesus died. See, we're in that season now. I was looking at all the Easter stuff on sale in some of the retail stores, and I even told my mom— Yeah, that lady probably got those tulips on sale discount. They didn't probably go uh, by Sunday, so they marked them down. And, yeah, they probably reduced them by a good 50% because people aren't as inclined to buy certain things after the Resurrection Sunday. And so this guy said, Resurrection Sunday? What's that? I said what you call Easter, and we laughed. For those of you that get that, you get it. For those of you that don't, I challenge you, yes, This is an online challenge. Look up the etymology and the history of Easter. Who was she? What? Okay, yeah, Uh, my producer was talking about people staying in their lane. Sorry, I'm getting in your lane. I'm cutting over. If you say Easter, make sure you know what you're talking about. Okay, so anyway, we've got this guy named Peter. And so this guy, he was the one bold enough to answer Jesus when Jesus would come to him on demand with statements, questions, but oftentimes questions. And I love this one. You can find it in John chapter 21. And remember, 
This is the same Peter that denied Jesus, right? You know the Bible. If you don't read it, and you'll find out. Yes, right. This is the same Peter that also is accused of, based on the witnesses, cutting off this man's ear because of his feelings and his position about Jesus. Jesus, the man, the human being, who he also recognized to be the Christ. Now, remember, this is that guy that when it came time to say, hey, he's one of them. Not me. No, no, not me. No, I wasn't with him. No, it's not me. Are you one of those Christians? Now, Lorraine, what does this have to do with my breakfast? This is what it has to do with breakfast. John 21, there's this really cool story, and some Bibles will subtitle it as Jesus reinstates Peter. Reinstates him for what? To what? Well, it says when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And he's like, yes, Lord. Like, of course. You know I love you. Jesus said, okay, feed my lambs, my sheep. Yeah. Who are the sheep? Let me know. Connect at LorraineCarroll.com. So then Jesus said to him again, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, okay, yeah, take care of my sheep. Now, I don't know if Jesus said okay, but that's how I took it. So then here's my favorite part. This is where the revelation came in, the epiphany that I told you I was having in that moment. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt. That's what my Bible says. This is an NIV. Peter was hurt. I stopped right there. So many people get so offended, so hurt immediately when you ask them something challenging, when you ask them a question that they thought they were certain of the answer, and then you challenge it. Like, Jesus, come on, man. You've already asked me this twice now. This is me ad-libbing for Peter. It's not, that's not in the Bible. Follow along with me. I told you, John chapter 21. But it does say Peter was hurt in my Bible because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? It says it right there. Peter was hurt. He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. This is my favorite part. Feed my sheep. That's what Jesus said. Why did Jesus ask Peter three times if he really loved him? Shouldn't Jesus know that? Peter even accused the Lord and said, you know everything, man. Come on. And so Jesus wasn't moved by it. He still said, read it yourself. Verse 17, feed my sheep. So as a caregiver, I often have to remember often, often, my mom is not codependent. She's more than codependent on me. She actually needs my help. My mom is that next verse that Jesus said, but when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you Mm, and lead you where you do not want to go. Uh-oh. You take that up, caregivers. And then for the people that are well right now, have you thought about futuristic care? What does that mean? We're going to be talking about that and other things on the show, but today what 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 is what is this about breakfast though? I don't get it, Lorraine. What who are you feeding sheep? 
And when do you feed them? Are, are you a lamb? Are you a lamb of God? Wait a minute. I thought Jesus was the lamb of God. Are you his followers, his people? Well, he had died already, and he came back so that the disciples could see him again. But he left this message, feed my sheep. So how do you feed sheep? You do it by doing what the Lord already told you to do. Love people. Now, look, I know you don't have to like everybody, but the love part, that's a command. And there's a lot of those. So I encourage you this week, who do you not like? Uh Uh-oh. And replace that with some love. Feed their need. They're in deficit. And the way you feed it is with the love of Christ. You've been listening to Who? Me, Lorraine Carroll, right here on What? Carrying the Burden every Saturday morning. 10.30 a.m. right here on KBRZ, 12.10 a.m. San Diego. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.